and welcome to a brand new podcast series. You're listening to Falcon Punchcast. This is episode one. My name is Liam, and joining me on this journey, and it will be a journey, is my good friend Dan. Hello, Dan. Hello. What a long and winding journey I hope this will be. Yeah, hopefully we can stomach it through all 51 episodes of the F-Zero GP Legend anime. Yes, can't wait. Yeah, so first of all, we need to explain what the hell this podcast is. What is Falcon Punchcast? Basically, this is probably the world's first, I haven't checked, but I suspect it will be the world's first F-Zero themed podcast. (laughs) And it's about time because, honestly, F-Zero is one of my favourite Nintendo franchises. It's certainly one of the most underappreciated I'd say. Is that fair to say? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, we haven't had one in like 15 years. Ridiculous. Yeah. Dan and I, we're good friends. We're both F-Zero fans, but we've never seen the F-Zero anime before. So I proposed to Dan we would do a podcast series where each episode we listen, sorry, we watch a few episodes of the F-Zero GP Legend anime and then we talk about them. We sort of review them. We give our thoughts. In this episode, for this first part, we're just going to kind of introduce you to who we are and how we come to this show uh, and talk about, I guess, our fandom of F-Zero. Mm-hmm. You're just going to be kind of getting to know us a little bit. And then once we come back after the break, we will talk about the actual show. Because at this point, while we're recording, we haven't actually started watching the show. Dan and I have never properly sat down and watched this before. So yeah, we're going to talk about, I guess, our expectations for it and who we are. So you can get to know us a little bit better before we actually start and, uh, you know, we start getting through this anime. Mm -hmm. So the plan is it will be about 17 episodes as as, as long as my maths is right. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's 51 episodes in in the anime. And so I think we'll do about three, ep- we'll cover about three episodes per podcast. Mm-hmm. You can watch it along with us at home if you want. We will provide links in the description. They've been put on YouTube by a lovely person who I don't know called Dread Op. And I guess you can just look up F Zero Legend of Falcon. Uh, that's its Japanese name, by the way, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And it, it was called F Zero GP Legend in the West. Some of the episodes were dubbed, but not all of them. It was about 15 episodes, and then it got cancelled, because I guess it just wasn't popular enough. Mm. Um, But I I guess I've never seen it, and you've never seen it either, Dan, because it wasn't on in the UK. Mm. It came out, I think, in about 2003-ish, or 2004, around when uh, GX came out uh, Mm. on the GameCube. About a year after that, I think. Mm. That was sort of when F-Zero was... At its peak, I'd say, in terms of popularity. Before yeah, because they had the GBA tie-in game as well, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they did uh, F-Zero GP Legend. You haven't played that one, though. No, it's the... like one of the only ones I've not played. So I actually really like that. Mm. And I remember playing that a lot on the GBA. I really liked it. But I just had no concept, I guess, at the time that there was an anime yeah. of F-Zero. Because I remember being obsessed with it around that time with GX... And the GP Legend game. I really like that. I think it's on... Uh, I think we talked about this fairly recently. It's on the Wii U Virtual Console. Mm. Uh, GP GP Legend. So I might buy it again and, and play it. 
but I have very fond memories of it. It's very, like, there's a lot of little challenge missions in it. It's sort of um, more of an F-Zero designed for on-the-go play. Like, there are small little challenges. Kind of like you have the mission mode in Mario Kart. Mm. So, it's very um, suitable for on-the-go play. And, yeah, I, I really like that game. So, it will be interesting having played that. If I can remember anything about it, as we're watching the anime upon which it was based. Mm-hmm. So that that should be interesting. So yeah, I, I thought in this part we'd just introduce ourselves. I'll go first. My name is Liam Robertson. I'm a games writer and I write yeah, write about video games. I do a series on Diddy No Gaming called Game History Secrets, where we talk about, well, video game history and cancel games and that kind of thing. I'm sure, like, most people listening to this probably will already have an idea of who I am. Uh, But do you want to introduce yourself, Dan? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. My name is Dan Thomas. I'm not really in the games industry at all, but I just have a YouTube channel, Project Falcon Punch, which I don't know if... Are we hosting this podcast there? I can't even remember if we actually agreed on that or not. Possibly. Um, I haven't decided yet. It'll be be all over, you know. It'll be on on iTunes, all the good places where you find podcasts. And Yeah. yeah, we might put it on YouTube... But yeah, we'll, uh, you'll be able to find this on my Patreon as well. It will be Future episodes will be available early on Patreon, and then they'll be available to everyone after a, you know, a short period of time. But the idea is, you know, everyone can listen to this podcast. It's not paid. It's just a free thing we're doing for fun, because mm-hmm. we, both, we both like F-Zero, and we both want an excuse to watch this anime for the first time. So it should be fun. Hopefully this is a f- fair thing to say, Dan, that I... I'm more into anime than you are. Yeah. Is that is that a fair statement? Definitely. Yeah. You're constantly re- uh, recommending me to watch certain anime that <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen. Yeah, I'm not like a weeb or anything, but I like a good anime, you know? I'm, I'm big into Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been watching My Hero Academia recently. That's fantastic. I really like Full Metal Alchemist. Uh, One Punch Man's really good too. Those are just a few of my favourites off the top of my head. So I'm like big into sort of anime with a lot of action, but I also like Studio Ghibli as well. So I think it should be interesting coming to this from different perspectives. You're kind of like a a very casual anime viewer. I think you watch Pokemon, right? That's yeah, about Pokemon's it. like the only one I actually watch. <laughs> yeah, that's that's mad to me. Like, do you watch like the ongoing series? Uh, yeah, because uh, right, there's a Pokemon channel thing on on the iPhone, the app store that you can download, and it just oh really supplies loads of of uh, episodes and also the current series that's ongoing, which is Sun and Moon. So I just whenever I got a spare half an hour or so, I might watch an episode on that. And is it good? No. <laughs> <laughs> The latest one, Sun and Moon, is not good. There's some good moments, but it's not. I wouldn't recommend it unless you're a hardcore Pokemon fan like myself. Okay, I appreciate your honesty. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that's who we are. We like games. We like F Zero, and I guess here yeah, we can get into our F Zero fandom. Yeah, talk. We've prepared a couple of things. Uh, I want to talk about, you know, first of all, what is our favorite F Zero game? Mm. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I think the obvious choice, as much as I love F-Zero-X, GX is the superior game. I played it fairly mm-hmm. recently, and it's still very, very playable, even with four-player split-screen, which is what yeah. I recently did. And yeah. yeah, that game is just, for me, it handles the best, it looks the best, it plays the best. Yeah, I I would have to agree with you there. 
I didn't know your answer going into this, but mm. I know you're a big X fan. Yes. Um, I guess I, I'm i not as big on it as some people are. I, I still love it. I appreciate what it did. Uh, it was, you know, very good for the time. But, you know, GX, in my mind, just trumps every other F-Zero game mm. because it's so, apart from anything, there's so much to do in it. It's so content complete. Mm-hmm. Apart from the fact that it is, in my opinion, like borderline mechanically perfect yeah uh and the graphics are amazing the music is fantastic the frame rate it's just blistering you know Mm -hmm. it is so fast and it handles so well just yeah the content in that game is unbelievable you have what is probably one of my only like real ends to these characters in f-zero which is the the weird story mode they put in that game (laughs) oh yeah so I think we're probably going to be referencing that as we watch this, I imagine. Mm. That is, that is, to my knowledge, that's like one of the only kind of, um, you know, examples of the F-Zero law being brought to life that I've yeah. seen. And I think I mentioned that to you when you play the story again. Like the opening of it is like Blade Runner. Like the whole yeah. setting of, uh, I guess it was Mute City or wherever it is that it starts off in from the story mode. Uh-huh. It's Blade Runner. Like they, that scene, the <laughs> F-Zero world brought to life is so cool. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I'm looking forward to seeing that in this anime, hopefully. Yeah. I, I What I'm hoping for, and I'm not actually sure will be realized as we watch this anime, is I'm hoping to see some of the weird characters that they came up with mm-hmm. for F-Zero. Mm. Because there's a lot in GX. Yes, there's a, there's like 50 characters in that game. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And that, to me, is a big part of why I love F-Zero. And that is something that other copycats haven't really gotten. Like, I really like, was it called, Fast Racing League? Mm-hmm. You know, I quite like Wipeout. Nowhere near as much as F-Zero, but still. I think, like, those games that have sort of, you know, tried to do similar things to F-Zero... They don't have the personality of it. Totally. And GX is just brimming with personality. That's what I love about it. The characters are so bizarre and weird. And I love that. I love how quirky it is. Yeah, I, lo- I love the designs even. They're so strange. <laughs> I really dig that about F-Zero. So I'm hoping to see some of those actual characters like drawn upon in this anime. Mm. And I hope it isn't just too much like... You know, oh, here here are a bunch of characters that we just made up. You know, I hate an anime that that's based upon video games, like in you know, like Sonic X, mm. where they just make up a bunch of like OC characters that Kirby as well. Yeah, Kirby. Like it has like Kirby. They're not as bad, but yeah. I see. I see what you mean. You've got like S Cargo, and mm-hmm. it does have like Meta Knight and DDD. Which is fair enough. DDD's voice in that is ridiculous. Don't go on a Kirby tangent, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're not doing that show anytime soon, let me tell you. Although it does, it does have a good theme song. Oh yeah, right back at ya. Yeah, yeah, that's a good song. I hope this anime has a good theme song. Maybe? Yeah? yeah? I, yeah I, I, the fact that I've never heard it before make, makes me think maybe not. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, that is one of the only things I can remember about the Kirby anime is that song. Yeah. Kirby, 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 stars. Yeah, I won't. I will ask uh, you, actually, Liam. What is the first F-Zero game that you played? I think it was... Actually, it might have been the original. Right, okay. It would have been years ago, though. Yeah, But I I have very distinct memories of playing the original. It would have either been that or F-Zero X, but I Mm. seem to remember 
it was probably uh, probably the original. What about yeah. you? Uh, mine's F-Zero X. I remember yeah. playing it on the N64 around a friend's house. And I think I'd played Wipeout on the PS1. Yeah. So I was familiar with that game. Yeah, yeah. Never played the original F-Zero at all. I didn't have a Super Nintendo. And I remember sitting down playing F-Zero X and thinking, holy shit, this game is so fast. Like, yeah. The, the speed of it is incredible. And it is. People, I remember some of the complaints of that game back in the day was it has no environments. Like, it's big blue <laughs> is literally just a big ocean. There's nothing there. Mm-hmm. But the reason yeah. why was because the N64... Like that's one of the, the more playable games to this day, I think. Um, I agree. F Zero X because it still runs like an incredibly smooth frame rate compared to every other N sixty four game, which is like sub twenty. Yeah, yeah, you can tell like all like detail was sacrificed in service of making that as fluid and playable yeah. as possible. Yeah. And that was the right call, I think, in Mm -hmm. the long term. I think people can go back to that now on the virtual console or whatever and still enjoy it just as much. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, that was my introduction to F-Zero. I remember when I was younger, I didn't have an N64 until later in life. I don't know why, I just... For whatever reason, I was not that into buying consoles until maybe, like, the GameCube. Mm. I just had, like, hand-me-downs from, like, family members and stuff. But I remember my cousin having the original F-Zero and playing it with him and it being really cool. Mm. And, you know, I imagine I was probably terrible at it. But I always liked the graphical style. I like sort of sci-fi, futuristic Nintendo games like this and Star Fox, these are, like, some of my favourite Nintendo franchises. Like, Metroid, of course. Yeah. We're big Metroid fans. Uh, yeah, so, there isn't really much going on nowadays with F-Zero, so I don't expect this podcast to gain very much traction. Yeah, it's, it's quite timely, isn't it? Definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're about, uh, we're about 10 or 15 years late to the party. But, you know, fuck it, whatever, this is our passion project. We, we wanted to do this for a little while, and, you know, we're gonna do it for all five people listening. So, <laughs> you know, hopefully you'll come with us on this journey. And you you too will enjoy the F-Zero GP Legend anime. Hopefully it's good. I don't yes. know. We're taking a bit of a, a shot in the dark here. Uh, anyway, yeah. So the next question I got is uh, favorite F-Zero character. Because I've got a feeling that will be coming up as we watch this thing. Mm-hmm. My favorite is James McLeod. Purely because of <laughs> the fact the Star Fox connection. Yeah. And well, he drives the little wyvern, which is basically the R-Wing. And when you me- we mentioned earlier about like characters want to see in the- this anime, like I really <laughs> want to see, I don't know, but I really want to see James McLeod make an appearance because that would be so weird to see like, you know, essentially a Star Fox crossover. Yeah, well, there's a bunch of like weird characters that they made up for F-Zero that are little in-jokes like that. Yeah, Mr. EAD. Yeah, exactly, Mr. EAD. That, I think, is a fairly deep cut nowadays. Like, people... EAD doesn't doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. So I guess we should explain that one. It used to, that was the name of like Nintendo's like central development house. Yeah, they made the the Mario and Zelda games, didn't they? Yeah, in in Kyoto, and now it's just I don't know what they call it. It's just the NCL building now yeah, in they, Kyoto. Yeah. They have their own Mario teams and Zelda teams, whereas I think back then it was like all the same team, right? Pretty yeah, much. well, 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 it was it was called like EAD, and then they had various levels yeah, within it. EAD one, EAD two, EAD yeah, three, yeah, and like one was I don't know, like each one was devoted to like a different franchise or two. Like one yeah. did Animal Crossing and Pikmin, mm-hmm. another did Mario and and Zelda, so, so on, you know. But yeah, uh, that is a bit of a deep cut, and I, I'm hoping that we will see those weird like 
those weird characters that were just made for the sake of a obscure Nintendo reference. Yeah, yeah, like to see like this fat Mario like walking around F Zero anime would be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, so I'm hoping for Easter eggs like that. But I have named my F Zero favorite character. I couldn't decide on one, but I'll give you a couple. Obviously, you know the easy choice is Captain Falcon yeah, because same for me. he is really cool. You know, I guess he's probably the most fleshed out of any of these characters. We know he's in Smash Brothers, you know, and he's he's the main character in the GX story modes, mm-hmm. and we get to see him. I I just like how he's just, he's a very kind of classic cliche hero character. Yeah, you know, he's like the type of character that you'd expect to see. You know, telling you to brush your teeth at night and that he, kind of thing. He has the swagger as well about him, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's very wholesome, and you say, yeah, he's got the swagger, and he's cool, you know, he's a muscly-ass dude. Mm. I don't know, there's something fucking cool about Captain Falcon, and I hope to see him, you know, fleshed out more in this anime. I don't really know how big of a role he plays in it. I assume he's, like, probably one of the main characters, Hmm. But I, I don't actually know. But Captain Falcon, it, 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 although he is one of my favourite F-Zero characters, I always remember I would always choose the villain characters when I would play <laughs> F-Zero. Hmm. L- like, do you remember the skeleton? Uh, what was his name? That's 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 his name. He's literally called oh, the really? skeleton. Oh, wow, okay, yeah. I, I, remember <laughs> yeah. Look, I remember seeing his portrait. I forgot what his name was, but yeah, okay. He's literally just like a guy who wears like... He's got, like, a blazer or something, like a red blazer, and he he doesn't have flesh. Like, he's just a skeleton in, like, clothes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like that throughout all of F-Zero, like, there's a bunch of characters that are just unexplainably, like, weird-looking. Like, there's, there's that villain from F-Zero GX who's, like, he's, like, wearing, like, a sort of a Darth Vader-looking mask, and he's yeah. got, like, his... He's got, like, his brain in a tank, you know? There's... Mm. There's a bunch of weird characters. I also really like Zoda. Yep. Yeah, do you remember him? I do, yeah. Yeah, he's one of the more memorable ones. He is, you know, they say he's like one of the one of the villains of F-Zero and GX and you don't really find out anything about him. I know actually he is in this anime, although I don't know what role he plays, but that is something that I've seen online. Okay. That is one of that's one of the few things I know about GP Legend. Mm. Uh, yeah. So those are my favorite uh, F Zero characters. I used to yeah, I used to always like playing as the villains, especially that guy with the I can't remember his name, but the guy with do you know the one I mean from GX I the do, villain. Yeah. He wears, like, weird, like, jester clothes, but he has, like, his... You know, he looks like a court jester, mm. but he has his brain in, like, a weird fucking fish tank. Yeah. Anyway, moving along, I want to talk about our favourite F-Zero track, last of all. My favourite, I think, is a boring answer. Okay. My favourite track is definitely Big Blue from the, the first Big Blue track in F-Zero X. Okay. Uh, even sure? the, the Big Blue tracks in, in F-Zero GX as well, I love, but the main reason... I say main reason... I love the, the, the cylinder sort of thing you drive around in any F-Zero thing. I love just, yeah. you know, the, the outside of it. But yes. When I first played that on the on N64, I was like, whoa, you go upside down around this fight. <laughs> it was so, yeah. it was mind-blowing to me playing that. On top of that, the music. Mm-hmm. The music in F-Zero is, is superb anyway. But for me, yeah. Big Blue is easily my favourite tune. It's the most iconic to me. Like, as much as... Mute City is also iconic. Big Blue is my favourite by far. Yeah, for, for me they're like neck and neck, but you're right that the music is a big part of F-Zero, and I'm I'm not sure if they will have been able to get the licences for those kind of tracks in mm. the, the actual animes, but hopefully, because to me, 
The music is very iconic. And I can't really do without it. Yeah, the music is such a big part of F-Zero to me. Uh, so I, I hope to see it represented properly, you know? Yeah, definitely. That's, what, that's one of the reasons why I always love playing when I play... Anytime I play Smash Brothers, and that's not that often, but I have to play on the F-Zero tracks because they always have such good music. Mm-hmm. And that's why I always pick the um, the F-Zero tracks in Mario Kart 8. Because yeah. I, I love those remixes, you know? Those sort of jazzy remixes of Mew City and Big Blue. Like, if there's like a really cool moment in this anime and then they have like the Mute City or the Big Blue theme come in or just be like oh that would just that'd be so cool yeah yeah hopefully our expectations are not too high yeah, uh, maybe, yeah. I, I, yeah we'll, we'll see but you know there's all sorts of like licensing problems that could occur there but you know they, we are talking about Nintendo in the noughties yeah and they did have a reputation for this kind of shit back then we'll see but anyway yeah my favorite F-Zero track and this is one that immediately came to mind when we were coming up with these questions, and it's not one that you might immediately think of, like Meat City or Big Blue, but I really like, this is a bit of an obscure choice perhaps, from F-Zero GX, I really like Port Town Aero Drive. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this one? I do, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is weird, you're sort of like in a, a very rural, not rural, sorry, very urban environment, uh, above this city that looks kind of Blade Runner-y, and you're in a sort of a cylinder for most of the track, yeah. aren't you? Yeah, I remember that one. You can ride around the cylinder, the inside of the cylinder, and I really like how you and the people you're playing against can go around it, but you have to make sure that you're positioned properly to land on the next part of the level mm. as you come out of it. That's one thing that's really fun. And also, there are obstacles that if you're at the ro- if you're you know at the wrong angle inside the cylinder, you'll get fucked up. So that's always fun. I I really like the design of it. It's really unique. It's one of the easier tracks in GX. Mm-hmm. Some of those tracks are bastards. Uh, I really really enjoy that level, and I was really surprised but glad to see that represented in Smash Brothers. Yeah. Do you re- do you remember they put that in Brawl or something? Yeah, that was the one we. <sighs> It's not yeah, cause it's not the side-on one, is it? It's the one where you it lands on the track and you can see the cars coming towards you, right? Yeah, In yeah, more. that's the one. Yeah, yeah, I really like that one. F-Zero always has really good representation in Smash Brothers, even mm. if Nintendo kind of neglects it. Mm. That is the one place, I think, where they sort of do it justice. Was Port Town the one that had the Rob the Robot in the background? Or was that a different stage? Mm, I'm not sure, to be honest with you. Possibly. Yeah. Do, I thought multiple... Trucks had yeah, Rob in the background. Yeah, did Sand Ocean have one as well, I think. Yeah, possibly. Uh, yeah, so we haven't watched the anime yet, as I was saying, but we're going to after this where well, we're going to you know, take a break. We're going to come back probably in a few days' time, but you probably won't even notice that through the magic of editing. <laughs> and when we come back, we will have watched the first, ep- first three episodes of F-Zero GP Legend a.k.a. F-Zero Legend of Falcon, which is a pretty cool title. So, yeah. I will um, share some links on Twitter. You can uh, go ahead and find this the the, the uh, episodes at DreadOp as a YouTube channel. He has uploaded every episode of this, all 51 episodes. They're in great quality, pretty much best quality you'll find online. They're all subtitled. 
we might have considered doing the dubbed version right, but it's not all dubbed. As we yeah. said, yeah, as we were saying, it was cancelled, hmm. I guess, because it wasn't popular or whatever. Um, as I understand, they did sort of tinker around and censor certain things in the dubbed version. Yeah. So that probably wouldn't have been optimal if we were if we had the choice of watching either or. Yeah, could you imagine, actually, if they had all 51 episodes dubbed and then one <laughs> of us watched it in dubbed and the other one watched it subbed? Like, you maybe could see the differences and perhaps the storyline yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if they, like, made any major differences to the storyline yeah. apart from, like, renaming characters and sort of westernising things because it was done... I don't know if you know this, it was done by the infamous Four Kids. Oh, do you yes. know those guys? I do indeed. They, they did Pokemon and Sonic X. Yes, and I always remember they made like these weird, like arbitrary changes the to Sonic X. The one that always got me, even as a kid, I remember thinking it was so dumb in Pokemon. People were not going to say. It's when you could clearly see, even as like an eight, nine-year-old watching this shit, he's got a rice ball in his hand. Why are they calling it a jelly donut? That's not a donut. Is, is that right? I don't remember that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they stopped doing that now, but like... A lot in the, the anime dubs back then, they used to, used to because you know not many kids from the UK or the USA yeah. know what a, a rice ball is, but it's quite clear that that's not a jelly donut. Like, do you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah. I I always thought it was fucking stupid when anime like dubs will do that yeah. when they try to westernize Japanese foods. Mm. I always I always liked seeing you know Japanese food in anime. Mm. Yeah, I did because I'd, I'd look at it and go, "Oh, that looks nice," and then that's not a donut. What? Yeah, what was this thing on about? Yeah, yeah. I I found out. I know this is a very weeby thing to say, but I found out about stuff like ramen and rice balls yeah. through watching anime as a kid and thinking, "Oh, that looks good. I'm gonna try that one day." Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I I think it's a good idea to expose kids to other cultures through anime. Sure, that's a that's a cool thing to do. And yeah, definitely. To, to, to take that away is stupid, and I especially don't agree with renaming Japanese names. Mm. I think that's almost a bit insensitive, you know. Yeah, uh, I yeah. I don't I don't know if you know this, but they renamed the main character in this show. I didn't. Okay, well we'll come back to that after we've watched the 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 anime a bit, and we can you know actually have an in depth discussion. But yeah, mm. after we come back. I'm going to take a break. We're going to go ahead and watch the first three episodes of the anime. Mm -hmm. Or the the first three laps of the anime. I don't know if you know this, but each episode was called Laps. That's pretty cool. I did not know that. Yeah, it's like lap one, lap two, so on. Yeah, I think that's a pretty cool touch. Maybe that was why it got cancelled, because people couldn't figure that out. (laughs) Couldn't figure out what what order to watch it. No, can't have lap 16. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. Go watch the F-Zero GP Legend anime on YouTube. Dreadop has uploaded them. We'll throw links everywhere so you can find them. Please enjoy, and we'll be back after we watch them. Looking forward to it. Just a few corrections first, Dan, that I realised after we recorded the first part, because I don't like to spread misinformation. Mm-hmm. I said that uh, one of my favourite F-Zero characters was called The Skeleton, but his name is actually The Skull. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and also the villain from GX that I kept referencing was called Deathborn, and I don't know, I just forgot. In my defence, it has been like 
over half my lifetime yeah, since yeah. Uh, since the last F Zero. So you know, this is uh, this is some pretty obscure shit. I haven't played GX in a while. Actually, I should do that. Mm. I should actually play some F Zero as we were gonna do this. I guess to refresh my memory. I've been doing that actually. Honestly, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good idea. Uh, so yeah, let's dive in with our first episode. And uh, we're going to go through chronologically, you know, give our thoughts and that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, the first thing that I've written down, I've made a series of notes. Good first impression here. Uh, the first thing that we see is Captain Falcon. And this is just a small thing, mm-hmm. but he, tel- he tells us to keep the room well lit while we watch F-Zero. <laughs> and keep your distance from the TV. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is at the, end, at the beginning of every episode, and it's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, it's just adorable. Yeah. That's it's so wholesome. Um, and then obviously we go straight into the opening. I'm wondering what you think of the opening. I thought it was pretty cool. I yeah. So I've got written down here. Theme song's pretty meh. Doesn't really fit the fast-paced nature of F Zero. But then by the time I think I heard, uh, heard it the third time or third lap, I was like, yeah. it's grinding me a bit. But I still yeah. think that for an F Zero theme song, it doesn't have enough like guitar strings and like full on rock, if you know what I mean. Like if I th- when I think F Zero music, I think on like rock music. Uh huh. Yeah. But you know, you know how anime is yes. with its vocal tracks. It's very um, anime. Yeah. I, I I'll be honest. Initially, I'm with, at least initially I was with you there. Uh, when I first watched it, I was kind of like, eh, this isn't really, you know, sticking with me. But after I'd watched it a few times, as you say, once we got to about lap three, mm. I was just like, oh, this is actually kind of, you know, kind of catchy. Yeah. And the fact that they use that theme throughout the show every so often, like every so often it would kick in mm. during the races. Mm. And uh, yeah, I like it. It's called The Meaning of Truth by an artist called Hero X. And I, I've never heard of them before, but... Yeah, it's a pretty decent song. I, I don't mind it. I was thinking, you know, since music is such a big part of F-Zero that we should incorporate some different tracks mm. into the podcast, yeah. if you like. Uh, hopefully that isn't like an issue of copyright and shit on iTunes. Probably not, right? Mm. It should be okay. I mean, that hasn't, as we say, that hasn't been a game in like 15 years. So I don't think Nintendo is like, you know, looking for people who violate the F-Zero copyright. Yeah, Nintendo Ninjas are like, is anyone using F-Zero f- theme music? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, it's just, uh, yeah, they don't even care now. Back to the opening. We're mm-hmm. still on that. Uh, just a few notes here. There are a few characters that I immediately recognize. Like, you got you got Black Shadow, Zoda, uh, Samurai Goro... Uh, Pico, the alien dude. Jody Summer. Yeah, Jody Summer. And we're going to be seeing more of those mm-hmm. as the show goes on, I presume. Some of those we didn't see in yeah. the first three episodes. Yep. They haven't shown up yet. But, you know, I, it's good. That's a positive first sign that, you know, for me, that kind of put my mind at rest that, oh, we are actually going to see the established characters from F-Zero. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I thought the format of this episode was quite interesting. The first episode, mm. uh, or the first lap, as it were. Sorry, that's just a police car going past my, my house. Yeah. <laughs> um, hopefully that doesn't come up on the recording too bad. Anyway, yeah. I thought the format of this episode was pretty interesting because it's kind of... It keeps cutting back to this F-Zero race throughout the episode. Mm. It, it, it kind of cuts between clips of that and flashbacks. And this is, you know, a different format to the other episodes that I saw. 
First of all, we're introduced to our protagonists, and he's racing alongside the Blue Falcon and some others. Ryu Suzaki, I believe his name is. Yes, and do you know what he is called in the Western version, I Dan? I did know that, because I, I think I watched the first episode again with the dub afterwards, just to see. Oh, and okay. And I've forgotten his name already, actually. We could go and remind me. <laughs> Well, it's pretty much like the most like whitest like NASCAR ass shit ever. It's Rick Wheeler. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> like we have Ryu. Which... We have Ryu characters named Ryu. Yeah, all over the place. It, yeah, we have them. You know, in Street Fighter, Ninja uh, Ryu Hayabusa, yeah. yeah, Ninja Gaiden. Uh, so I, the fact that they changed that is so fucking stupid. He was also renamed as well, um, Rick Wheeler in the F Zero Climax, not Climax, F Zero GP Legend, the GBA, like the. Um, the Western oh. release as well. He was called Rick Wheeler in that. Okay, yeah. I, I remember him being called that in the GP Legend game, mm. uh, but I didn't realise that that was the same character. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, so fucking Rick Wheeler. I will not be calling him that because that's that's so dumb, yeah. you know? So like, it, we initially see him, right? Was it in the year 2051, which is a very strange year to set <laughs> in, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, why not just yeah. set it in 2001 and then go forward 200 years rather than 150? I don't really see the, the purpose of that, but whatever. I guess it's just to establish that we're, you know, further in the future. Yeah. Because I, I guess, you know, they could have said it was 2000 and whatever year this was made yeah. in. You know, you want it to be a bit further in the future. Yeah. So when people watch it now, you know, it, it's not like, oh, we're seeing this is meant to be 2003 and it's nothing like 2003. The, the, the reason why I, I would have preferred it in 2003 is because, like, he used the flip phone. It was the first thing I noticed was, <laughs> like, he used a flip phone in the year 2051. I'm like, um... That's- like, well, nothing about that whole scene made it seem futuristic, and I was like, why is this set 50 years in the future? Well, maybe they're due for a comeback in a... <laughs> Who knows, Liam? Who knows? <laughs> in in 30 years or so time, yeah? You know, they say the phones were getting smaller and smaller, then they start getting bigger and bigger again. Now they can go back into flip phones again or something. Yeah, yeah. Flip phones were cool. Yeah, they were. You know? I, I like how this is, like, a really, like, uh, mid-2000s vision of the future. Yeah, I know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Did you did you get, like, Futurama sort of vibes with the setup of, like, this character in semi-present day and then get slung forward into the future? Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, before we go into that, the, the whole premise of that first, yeah. and I agree with you, defi- definitely some Futurama vibes. Uh, one note that I have written down here that I think is very important and we should immediately address is that when we first see that race, before we cut to the flashback, eh, we hear the Mute City guitar theme. Mm-hmm. It kicks in as they're racing and we were hoping that would be the case. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's a good version of it as well. It sounds good. It's quite subtle as well though, isn't it? It's not like a blaring... Yes, yeah. It's not overpowering. Yeah. It's in the background. But, you know, if you're a fan, you'll get it. And that's pretty cool. Uh, and I, I like, you know, the first glimpse of the racing that we see. We see him, like, fighting some dinosaur dude, you know, racing against him. Mm. I'm not entirely sure, but that appears to be Biorex. Which is uh, like a dinosaur, yes. yeah, a dinosaur character from F Zero, uh, who I don't really, I can't remember his backstory. Yeah. <laughs> like there are like fifty different backstories to all the different characters, but um, Ryu is racing him, and he, from what I remember, he basically just knocks him into the side and is he fucking murders him basically. <laughs> he fucking kills Biorex. There's quite a few and, crashes in this that would be fatal. Yes, yes, definitely. 
uh, and then we we don't see him again, at least so far. So yeah. that's you know, bye bye Byrex. You, you think about it, right? Whenever you crash in F Zero, it says retire, like in almost yeah. like that's it. Your race is done. Your your life's over. Yeah, you're fucking dead, mate. Uh, yeah. So we we cut back. We uh, go go through a flashback to the year 2051, as you say, and we see uh, Rick Wheeler, or Ryu, I I must not call him Rick Wheeler, let's not do that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we see Ryu, and he's racing in a kind of, you know, like a regular, like, pro rally, in, uh, like, a conventional race car, and he wins the race, he celebrates with his girlfriend, who we find out was called Haruka, Mm -hmm. and he's intending to propose to her when he gets a call on the phone, he's apparently a cop or something, yeah. and apparently Zoda has escaped from prison. He's human, though. What the hell? Yeah, yeah, right? Like, this is the first time I, I've heard about this, yeah. that Zoda was originally supposed to be a human. I always thought that he was just, like, another alien. He, well, in the F-Zero law, he is. Like, in this in this law, in the anime law, he's he's not, I guess. Oh, okay, okay. If, so I wasn't, I wasn't wrong. His age is, like, question mark, question mark, question mark, on, like, the F-Zero um, character okay. list in the original games, so... I see, I see. So they've taken a little uh, artistic liberty yeah, with that which there. I guess but, it's worth mentioning, uh, Ryu is not actually a character in F-Zero, like, at least before yes. the anime. Yes, yes, he's an original character. And I don't mind that. Yeah. I like that uh, Ryu's villain, you know, his his um, his rival, if you will, is a, an established character. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I think that's cool because, it, you know, if you're an F-Zero fan, it gives you something. You, you already know that Zoda is like a bad guy, mm. you know, just from playing the games. Uh, yeah, so Zoda has escaped from prison. And Ryu heads after him. He abandons his plan to go p- propose to his girlfriend by a river. And this, weirdly, it, we find out is set in New York. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll get back to that, yeah. believe me. <laughs> so, Ryu gives chase to Zoda, who's, like, escaped in some, like, police van or something. Mm-hmm. As Zoda pulls out a machine gun, fucking shoots his door. Yes. And this this, this is some, like, Fast and the Furious type shit yeah. here. He, like, kicks the door off, and it goes through the windscreen of Ryu, and fucking, like, he nearly dies or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, just... I'll just quickly say one thing about the dub version, because this was done okay. by four kids. You know how, like you say, Zoda, he has an Uzi, and he shoots off the door. Yeah. In the dub version, the four kids version, it's like a laser gun. It's like, rather than a machine gun. <laughs> just want to put that out there, just because, oh. like, how shit the dub version is. That's fucking lame, and also that takes away from, you know, the shock of him going to the future uh-huh. if there's already, like, a laser gun. Yeah, yeah when I was watching this thinking in the dub version, it kind of makes more sense with a laser gun maybe being 2051, but yeah, it completely undermines it going to the future and seeing laser guns already yeah. in the future. Yeah, because as we're about to talk about, a big part of the episode, in the first one at least, is his kind of, you know, a shell shock of waking up in the future. Mm. Uh, yeah, so we we're in the future now. And they say it's 150 years from 2051, so that would make it, what, what's my my maths bad, but 2201? Yeah, 2201, yeah. Yeah, so I guess that is going to be the canonical year in which F-Zero takes place, apparently, yeah. so it won't happen in our lifetime, unfortunately, <laughs> but there you go. Anyway, yeah, 150 years in the future, uh, Jody and Dr. Stewart, mm-hmm. Jody Summers and Dr. Stewart, 
are waking up Ryu. A.K.A. Samus Aram, by the way. Yeah, we were talking about this. I didn't realise this until you pointed this out to me the other day, but Jodie Summers is basically NES Samus. Like, down to her design, and even in, like, her backstory in the games, there are explicit references to, like, the Galactic Federation and stuff. Yep, And, like, she has that, like, a lightning bolt thing on on her chest, doesn't she, on one side, which is very similar to that little line that she has on her power suit. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, Well spotted. Anyway, yeah, so Ryu is being awoken to be recruited for the mobile task force of which Jody is the captain. And here we find out, you know, well, Ryu finds out that he's in the future. Unexpected lore drop I've written down here. Yep. Mute City is New York in the future. Yeah, that, when that came up, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That was like, that was one of the most interesting things for me. Yeah, this is another reason why I, I got the Futurama vibes, because it was set in New York. He goes into the future and they go, this is yep. what you knew as New York. And I'm like, oh, please say it's new New York. Please say it's new New York. <laughs> and then they go, it's Mute City. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, it was not yeah, expecting yeah. that. I always assumed that Mute City was just like on an alien world. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, we're introduced briefly to Jack Levin, Mm -hmm. which is another established uh, F-Zero character, and Ryu finds out that he's in the future, and that, you know, he he basically freaks out, and this reminded me, actually, it gave me some real Captain America vibes. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the first Captain America film where, Yeah, he wakes up, yeah. Yeah, he wakes up in the future, and he remembers that he had this date, uh, that he was going to He's supposed to go meet his girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Do you know? I didn't even actually put that together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is a lot like Captain America, how he's supposed to go on a date with Peggy Carter and he wakes up in the future. Oh, well, she's probably dead. Or, you know, well, she isn't actually, but he doesn't know that at the time. And he, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Ryu freaks out and he basically just does a fucking runner <laughs> and uh, under- understandably just legs it. Uh, we see another established uh, F Zero character, Dr. Clash, I believe yep. his name is. Which is that- such a weird like um, conversation that was going there. Like, give me the key. He's like, yeah. do you mean this? But yes. Yeah. Okay, sure. And he just drives off and he's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keys might not even be a word in the future. But yeah, he basically just fucking carjacks him yeah. and steals one of his random sh- ships. And this is... Uh, we, we get a lot of uh, very dodgy early 2000 CGI here. Mm. As we see the uh, we see the ship leave the, the dock or whatever you would call it. Yeah. It isn't as bad in future instances. It, that is, like, a particularly bad instance. Maybe because this was, like, a lower-budget pilot, maybe? Yeah. No pun intended. Uh, <laughs> well done. Uh, so, I thought, like, you know, just first impressions of the CGI stuff. I didn't mind it. I thought it had a bit of a charm with it. Yeah, you know, I, it I think was... it's fine because F-Zero is, like, a, a computer game anyway. So, it's all, like, in 3D graphics. So, when you see the cars yeah. in it, it's, like, it just looks like the game more, I guess. Like, it wasn't, to me, it wasn't that, like, um, obnoxious. Yeah, and I felt like the CGI blends well with the traditional animation in an interesting way. So, anyway, yeah, Ryu fucks off in this ship that he's got. I think it's called the Dragon Bird. Um, I can't remember. Yeah, I think that's that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, he he leaves. He goes to explore the city a bit. I think he goes to, like, where his girlfriend was supposed to meet him or something. He doesn't quite you know believe that he's in the future anyway he goes and explores the city and this is kind of cool because this is one of the first times where we get to see somebody just explore the ground level of the f-zero world mm. and there are all these like f- it's a lot like futurama as you were saying mm. there were flying cars and he sees there are aliens just wandering you know where, yeah. where new york used to be 
uh, and he understandably is freaked the hell out by that. Uh, anyway, yeah, Jack Levin shows up where he's, you know, where he's parked the F-Zero car, the, the, the ship, I guess. And he, this is kind of weird. Jack sort of wants to take his mind off it. So, uh, you know, off his troubles. So he takes him to a, to a club, basically, <laughs> to score. Uh, this is weird. But anyway, yeah, they get swamped by anime girls. But Ryu isn't really into it, understandably. So after this, they get into a bit of a scuffle. Ryu challenges him to a race. He says that, you know, I'm hot shit. I'm an actual racer. I can beat you. And so I think they race for possession of uh, the dragon bird, Mm. if I remember right. Yeah, that sounds right. He talks a good game, but he's not that great. And he ends up fucking up and he crashes. Mm -hmm. And Jack wins the car. And Fun fact, by the way, I was going to say this earlier. Jack, in the dub version, yeah. for some reason, has an Australian accent. Wow. I think I remember hearing about that at one point. Yeah. Uh, maybe he does in the uh, like the F-Zero like, GX games, oh, perhaps? Maybe, then, yeah. Yeah, I-, I-, I don't actually remember. But I kind of like Jack. He's kind of a lovable dick. Yes, I do as well, yeah. He he felt he's that, you know, that kind of anime archetype, like Vegeta, who's, you know, kind of like a... He cares about the people around him, but he's also kind of... He does it begrudgingly so. Uh, So so I kind of like Jack, but in this first episode, he's kind of a dick, and he's always kind of, like, taunting Ryu. Mm -hmm. I mean, Ryu has just, like, woken up in the future. Like, everyone he knows is dead. (laughs) Everyone he knew is dead. And Jack is just kind of making fun of him. But anyway, yeah. Ryu wakes up, I think, after his crash or whatever... And he sees Zoda on the TV. Yep. Uh, I'm not even sure how he recognises him. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like, it sort of cuts back to it. And you can see he's got the same manacle laugh, but he's got a completely different face and everything. It's like, yeah, why would he in- instinctively think, oh, shit, that's Zoda? Yeah, yeah. I guess it's just because that would have been, like, one of the last... Thi- this is the this is the logic I ascribed to that, yeah. was that it was, one of the, it was one of the last things he saw before he went under. Sure. And he perhaps might have had a grudge with him before. Like, there's some suggestion of that. Mm. And also, he's got the Uzi. And it's a similar situation. It's kind of, you know, it is... Um, it's like poetry. It's sort of, it rhymes, <laughs> as, as George Lucas would say. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we see Zoda. And uh, he's looking all different now. And Jody sort of fills uh, Ryu in on what's going on. Mm. Uh, that, you know, Zoda is part of a gang... We see actually another Legacy F-Zero character here. One that I was hoping to see, Mr. EAD. Yeah, he like briefly shows up in this episode, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. And he, uh, you know, sort of towards the end, we see that he's a part of Jody Summers' task force. Mm. Yeah, we get we get more of him later, don't we, really? Yes, yes, we do. Uh, and we have, I'll have some pretty cool things to, to say about him. I, I like Mr. EAD. I like that they threw him in there. I thought that was just going to be a random cameo. Yeah, because he's such a goofy design. Yeah, and I like that they just didn't edit his design at yeah. all. It's basically one-to-one with how he appears in the games. Mm. Anyway, yeah. As I remember it, Jody basically explains that uh, Zoda is you know, he's leading some gang in these F-Zero races. We get a tiny little bit of explanation for that. Mm. And then we skip back to the race that we've been seeing throughout the episode with Ryu defeating Zoda's minions in an F-Zero race. And, you know, we see more of them fucking dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see, uh, I, as I remember, it, two of them try to sandwich Ryu, but he does that thing where he breaks yeah. and they slam into each other and they fucking die. 
which is great. I mean, yeah. And also, I think one of the villains we see there is another F-Zero character, but I don't remember his name. It's the one with the tentacles, you know, the red squid guy. Oh, I think he's just called Octoman. Okay, yeah. yeah that Actually, I think you're right there. Uh, yeah, so we see Octoman. Octoman is dead, I guess, or yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And then the episode ends on a very good note. We see the Blue Falcon drive past, Mm -hmm. and we see Captain Falcon smile, and that's the end of the episode, as I recall it. And I love how they finish the episode with this, like, weird recap with this puppet character. Yeah. Like, it's so bizarre. Like, why? We just watched the episode, but let's just have, like, a recap of the events (laughs) that just happened. Yeah, so what did you think of the first episode? I I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it, too. Yeah, I, I think I enjoyed it more because I'm an F Zero fan. I was like, "Oh, there's that character. There's that character." But it, looking back on it, it was a cool setup to like introduce this new protagonist that I'm not familiar with. Yeah, I like him. He is a sort of a fish out of water character. Yeah. So if he, so you know, we don't, we've never really known that much about the F Zero law mm. before this anime. Really, we don't. We obviously we didn't know what Meat City was. Yeah. If that's kind of not or not, I don't really know. But this is a cool setup to, you know, dole out exposition in a way that makes sense and kind of up, get us up to date with the, the universe and what F-Zero is. And we find out more about that in the next episode. But yeah, I like it. As you say, it was uh, very kind of pandering to the F-Zero fanboy in mm-hmm. me. It ticked a lot of those boxes. And yeah, I'm normally weary of... I think we talked about this in the first part. I'm normally weary of original characters that are made up for these cartoons. Yes. But I quite... But I quite like Ryu. Yeah, I, I think it makes sense in the context of this show. Like you say, we mentioned before, like, the um, the OC from Sonic X, right? Yeah. That kid, like, just the most, like, ridiculous, annoying character. Yeah. Chris Thorndike was That's his name. Him, yeah. Yeah, a little shit. <laughs> Although it was pretty great in the Japanese version of it, if you ever saw that shadow just f- straight up fucking wax him in the face. <laughs> no. Yeah. 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 The, 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 um, the Sonic X and anime is much darker if you watch the original cut of it i know that was also dubbed by four kids and edited a lot uh there is some straight up violent stuff in that like the original version like i think we're going off topic majorly here but do you remember like there's the whole subplot in uh, sonic adventure 2 where dr eggman's grandpa like is killed by the government or something yes with maria and all that yeah, yeah, that is, you know, played upon heavily, and it's all about his revenge on the world, and they talk about that, and it's it's implied that he's basically killed by firing squad, if I remember correctly. Right, okay. Which is, which is pretty fucking dark for yeah. a Sonic game, for a Sonic anime. Mm. Uh, anyway, lap two. Captain Falcon is the name of lap two. Yeah. Very, very strong star, and we see a bit more Captain Falcon. He isn't in it very much so far. Mm-hmm. He was hardly in the first episode. He I don't think he's in the third one. No, he's not. No, he's just he literally showed up for a little bit, like you say, in the first one, and then he's more prominent in the second lap. But yeah, 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 yeah. I've not seen much of him really. Yeah. So of these three episodes, this one was my favorite lap too. Mm, I'm not sure about you. Yeah, that was my favorite too. Yeah, I thought there were a lot of cool moments, and we'll it, get it into. Sort of establishes the characters more as well. Yeah, I feel like uh, in the first episode, I enjoyed it, but the pacing was maybe a bit too fast. And uh, I yeah, would like, have liked to. I don't even mean like before you know it, he's already familiar with this future world. Like it's as if he has that mental breakdown for like a hot minute, and then he's like, "Okay, yeah. I'm okay with this now." <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's immediately on board with taking down Zoda. Yeah. And I would have liked to have seen like maybe an extra scene where maybe he talks to them yeah. and you know kind of processes what the hell's going on. Uh, but you know, 
it's you know it's a 20 minute episode and i guess maybe it was a pilot so they had to establish the whole premise within those 20 minutes Mm -hmm. and there was a lot to go over anyway yeah lap two and we open with uh, Rio basically learning the ropes of FCO racing. And he again, he's very cocky. He's racing against Jack and he, he crashes again because he doesn't know how to power slide or something. Yeah, yeah my notes is, starts off racing Jack v Rio, but Rio crashes again. Um, yeah. Then the next one is, oh my god, it's Mr. EAD fully. Like, we actually see him talking. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's not just this little... Because in the first episode of the first lap, when we saw Mr. EAD, I was like, is he, like you said before... Is he just going to be like just in the background character? Because that's pretty much all he is in the first lap. Yeah, but he rushes in and he has some news to deliver as Jody has been summoned to the director, who I guess is her boss. Yeah. And I like how EAD has been played as like a completely serious character here. Mm. He's probably the most serious of all of these characters, Bizarrely. despite despite having like a little uh invi- was it like an invisibility star on his chest on his stomach it's <laughs> yeah. it's it's very very silly anyway yeah uh, Jody's meeting with the director and he's sort of giving her a talking to but she's not really having it you know he's saying you know he's kind of getting sick of Ryu screwing screwing up and mm. I th- so I think it it's sort of established that he's been there for a little while now and he keeps crashing his ship and it's not really going there. But Jody believes in him for some reason and she takes responsibility. And while the director guy, who we don't really... I don't think that's actually like a character in any of the games, is it? That's mm, not an established character. I didn't recognise him. No, no, I think that's just a, a character that they made up for someone who's maybe like a... Maybe he's like a, a funder of this organisation, mm. the Mobile Task Force... Jody isn't taking any of his shit, though, and basically <laughs> shouts at her boss. Uh, so we see who's wearing the pants in this relationship, so that's pretty pretty cool. And this is, I think, the episode where I realised that Jodie Summers is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's cool. Mm. Unfortunately, in GX, we only see a little bit of her, and yeah. she's sort of just a damsel in distress. Yeah, you're just, right, yeah. You know, in the story mode, well, in the F-Zero lore, from what I remember, you know, she's established, she's kind of raised up as the main female character in F-Zero. Mm. Like, she's probably the most prominent of them. Yeah. But when we see her in the F-Zero GX story mode, she's just a damsel in distress that Captain Falcon has to rescue. Mm. Do you remember? There's like a mission. Do you know? I completely forgot all about that until you just mentioned it then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, as I remember it, there's been some kind of incident, and there's like a fire or something on a track or something, and and she's crashed, and you have to go and rescue her, mm. and it, the place is gonna explode or something like that. Whereas in this, like, m- she actually feels like Samus Aran. Like she's a she's a boss. She doesn't oh, take yeah. any shit from anyone. Oh yeah, she's basically the boss of the whole operation. And at this point, we get, you know, a big old exposition dump, courtesy of Jody, (laughs) who uh, explains to Ryu, and I thought this was kind of cool, that she says that the the galaxy's criminals have been sort of frozen and kept in, like, a prison out in space. Yeah, so the the Black Shadow broke them out, which, by the way, I found hilarious that they didn't just break into the prison, they broke into the prison in their F-Zero cars. Yeah. <laughs> I that yeah. was so stupid, but, like, like, brilliant at the same time. Yeah, yeah, but it seems like the F-Zero cars, the people who have them just sort of use them in everyday life, yes. like a, just like a fancy car. Like, it's as if, like, imagine, like, Formula One, like, as if there was villains <laughs> in Formula One, they just, like, happen to use their Formula One cars on the street yeah. or something. Yeah, anyway, yeah, as we say, we see Black Shadow, and he breaks Zoda out of prison. Yeah. And the only weird thing that I'll say here, the only criticism I have, 
and maybe this will be rectified later. Why is Zoda still alive? Why have they frozen him for 150 years too? Yeah. Like, like maybe this is just some, like, future cap- Like, some future, like, capital punishment thing where they freeze you forever until you eventually atone for your crimes or something. Yeah. I don't really know. Or maybe he's, like, um, maybe he actually has got something wrong with him and, like... They don't have a cure for him, so they freeze him. I don't. But then they they don't put that in that episode, do they? He's just nah. unfrozen, and he's like, "Oh, I'm alive again! Yeah, here we go." Yeah, well, it's clear that Zoda is a big part of this, so maybe that'll be elaborated on later. But yeah, Black Shadow breaks Zoda out to do crimes with him. They they have like a prison break bit with like robots. Uh, like Black Shadow has like a bunch of robot minions, yeah. and they kill some other robots and overthrow the prison. We see they take human Zoda out of the, the cryo-freeze chamber thing, and he he's cybernetically augmented, or, or some shit like that. Yeah. He goes through some transformation, and then he becomes the Zoda we know from the games, which is, uh, that's pretty cool, I guess. I mean, it doesn't entirely make sense, but... No. He has, like, a more human face now because of it. Like, if you look at the Zoda from the games, he looks way more alien than his features. Yeah, you're right, yeah. So, yeah, I like Zoda's design. I think yeah. I mentioned that in the first part. I mm. always thought Zoda's pretty cool. Mm. And Jody mentioned, like, this is part of Black Shadow's plan to take over the universe. <laughs> and I, I don't... I'm not sure how he intends to do that, but cool. Yeah. That's very very ambitious, I guess. Um, and what I thought was pretty cool here was, was how they actually like ascribe a logic to the f-zero races and why all these different people would be uh you know competing in them mm. and why they're facing black shadow and zoda and, and and such and such in these races it's because all these criminals basically anyone can compete in the f-zero races and the criminals have been using them to fund their operations yeah I guess, you know, capitalism has just taken over in this feature and there's no law now and, you know, this F-Zero corporation, it just overrides everything, if you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's no police are stepping in to be like, hey, Black Shadow, you can't compete, you're a criminal. Yeah, it's bizarre, but like, whatever, I'll, I'll sort of let it slide and go with it. Yeah, yeah, I... I like it. Mm. I like it. It's uh, it's pretty cool. I, I like how there, there's at least some kind of inbuilt logic for why all these different characters are competing. Mm. You know, why why is there a mutual stake? And it makes sense because Jody is trying to, you know, raise these races to beat the guys, you know, the, the Black Shadow yeah, and Zoda. Guys, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it makes sense that they would, you know, compete so they can uh, stop them from getting the prize money. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, uh, we see more of uh, Jack mocking Ryu, and I've written down here, Jack is kind of a dick, and it's true, uh, because, you know, I think we, we mentioned this before, Ryu has just basically woken up, he's learned that everyone he loved was is dead, his, mm. you know, his fiance is gone, but Mr. EAD sticks up for him, so points for him, I've written down here. Yeah, I just put on, I had on here, um, Jody is not letting him race in the next tournament. Because she doesn't believe he's good enough. Yeah, yeah, understandably so, because he's a fuck-up and he keeps crashing, yep. but, yeah, whatever. He's uh, he's new to the whole deal. And then we get a little uh, interesting bit where Ryu visits a diner, and apparently he's been, been there for a while. He's very friendly with the barman, and he overhears a bunch of fangirls talking about F-Zero. Mm -hmm. And I've written down here, I wish actual girls were interested in F-Zero. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, I've looked, they don't it exist. Now you mention it, this is like the perfect future. Yeah, yeah, it basically is. 
And uh, yeah, the, we get this bit where they're like, you know, they don't think that Ryu is interested in F-Zero, so they immediately lose interest in talking to him. <laughs> I wish it was like that, but it, unfortunately it is not. Um, yeah. Anyway, they invite Ryu to go see uh, Jack compete in the next race, and uh, the barman mentions that he's also going. And, uh, you know, he's a fan of F-Zero, apparently. He has pictures of Captain Falcon and the Blue Falcon on his wall. One of the girls mentions that his name is Bart and that he used to be a pilot himself, Mm -hmm. but he had an accident. And he basically explains that he crashed his car because he counter-steered wrong. He he, um, counter-steered too hard and was in in, in an accident and so he had to retire. And this, like, lights a spark in Ryu's mind. Like, oh, maybe I should, like, do drifting or something around corners. Yeah, yeah. I think the logic that they give to it is that... uh, you know, Ryu is older, like Bart, yeah. and, you know, he's used to cars uh, or machines, uh, you know, ships, handling in a certain way, yeah. and now the the mod machines handle better, so you don't need to counter-steer as much, so he's been sort of overcompensating, mm. and so, yeah, Ryu, it's a cool little moment, I guess, Ryu yeah. realises that, oh, I, I need to drive these things the way they are meant to be driven, as opposed to, you know, driving it like a Formula One car or whatever he did in the in the past. Yeah. Um, you can't just rely on his skills that he had 150 years ago. I wondered as well if this was it Bart the Bart is he a bartender right? It's called Bart. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but, oh my god! I just realised that. Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, I yeah. just realised it as well as you were saying his name out loud because I, I read his name like fine. I didn't think about it, but as you were saying, yeah, Bart. So I'm thinking, wait, Bart. Oh, he's the bartender. <sighs> oh, for fuck's sake. Anyway, yeah, so we cut back to Jody, and we get this cool little thing, and I think maybe this will be a part of the format going forward. We see kind of like a map. Jody is sort of explaining the format of the race, and I think that's kind of cool because it is reminiscent of when you're kind of choosing a level in F-Zero. Yeah, do you know what? I didn't think about that, but I think I sort of glossed over that, but yeah, that, that was cool. Yeah, yeah, there are little things like that in the anime that are gently reminiscent of actual, you know, ideas in the games mm. that I think are pretty nice. Uh, yeah, so Ryu wants to race, as you said earlier, but Jody doesn't want him to, wants him to practice more, and then we cut to a commercial, but obviously there aren't any because we're watching this on YouTube, uh, but we see the little title cards, and I thought this was a pretty cool thing to note, is that uh, in between, you know, where the adverts would have been when this originally aired, mm. you know, you get, you get like the little anime kind of title card things, yeah. and I like how each one of them... Uh, introduces you, like it shows you the name of the character on their ship. Yeah, and it shows you that the, they can be the more prominent characters in this episode, I guess. Yeah, and also it helps, It that helps me to remember, you know, I'm starting to remember, you know, mm. that like Ryu's is called the Dragon Bird and I think uh, Jax is called the Astro something, I can't remember, something like that, but I'm getting there, I'm getting better at remembering the names and that is, again, Another thing that's reminiscent of the games, how they put a big emphasis on, you know, every character has a ship that's named a certain thing. And yeah, so I like that as a neat little touch. Was this where Ryu starts chasing a bunch of criminals, yeah? Yes, yeah. So after we come back from little break, uh, Ryu spots the uh, girls from the, the bar earlier where he met them. And uh, there are a bunch of criminals, as you say, chasing after a bus that they're in. And they're on, they're on the way to the FCO race, apparently. That's, you know, forthcoming. And the police chase after these guys. And these are some good old-fashioned, like, cliche an- uh, anime criminals. <laughs> like, they've got... They've got... For some reason, 
in anime, like Dragon Ball Z, they always have like these like military class guns. Like they've got fucking rocket launchers and shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they straight up fire them at the cops, which is mental. Like it's some GTA shit right here. And yeah, they just they don't they just don't do not care about the cops. They just don't even give a shit. You know, it's an interesting little thing. But I guess it kind of shows you that maybe the police are losing track of all the criminals in this galaxy now, yeah. you know, in the future. Yeah, yeah. So that's a neat little law touch, I guess. It's a dangerous place to live, Mute City. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, so Ryu uh, gives chase and uh, they're trying to blow him up. And it's not clear, by the way, why these criminals are attacking these cute anime girls in a bus. Yeah, that was true. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get what was going on either. Yeah, it would have made more sense if they were trying to like hijack the bus and, and like take hostages to get money or something like that. But maybe these are just some straight up bad dudes and mm. they want to fucking kill some some innocent girls. But anyway, yeah, that's what happens. Uh, Ryu drives in front of them, uh, he sort of puts himself between the bus and the, the guys on the, in the F-Zero cars with the rocket launchers, and then they start to circle Ryu, and who would show up but Captain Falcon? The hero of the... Mo- uh, the, the real hero. Yeah, yeah, and this is a really cool moment, you know, he, um, they're sort of circling the bus like a, in a, like a biker gang would, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Captain Falcon drives through into the circle, in the center of the circle. And what I thought was really cool was, uh, you know, kind of the the elevation of the stakes here. We see they don't give a shit about the cops. They don't give a shit about Ryu, who says he's with the mobile task force. But when Captain Falcon shows up, they are just like, what? We're fucking out of here. Like, they are just not even going to stay around. They're not going to even fire at Captain Falcon, yeah. despite the fact he's unarmed. They just, they, as soon as he showed his face, like, oh shit, it's Captain Falcon. Let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, they like outnumber him by like 20 people at least. Yeah. They've got, they've got like heavy artillery, but the mere presence of Captain Falcon is enough for them to just fucking leg it. He's like a superhero or something, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, it's it's like in Batman where yeah. they sort of where they sort of establish that the mere presence of Batman is a deterrent to crime. Yeah. And I like that. Mm. I, I thought this was one of the this is probably my favourite episode so far yeah. in the whole thing. It establishes Captain Falcon as this like legendary being that no one wants to fuck with. Yeah, yeah, and we we don't even see him do anything. No. He just shows up. He opens the lid of his of his uh, ship, the Blue Falcon, and then you know, that's it. They're basically like, oh, fuck, we better get out of here. And then the girls cheer at him. They say that they love him. Same. And, yeah, that's just a cool little moment. Uh, Captain Falcon drives off, and we, we don't really even... He doesn't really say anything. I think he just says, I'll see you at the race. And that's that's more or less it for that scene. And then we cut to our first proper F-Zero race. Mm-hmm. You know, the first first time that we actually see one. And I'm not sure if you will agree with me with this, but I felt like as I was watching the the one in the second episode, it was animated a lot better than it was in the first episode. Yeah, I think as you said, like it was clear that the first one was more of a pilot. The first episode, like this, is clearly yeah. like a better production value. I think. Yeah, it, it wasn't really a problem for me as I watched lap one, but in retrospect, the animation was a lot more stiff. Like it's more fluid here. There's a lot more going on. It's more animated. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you what do you think about like this first race? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, like, I, I did. Like it was it was um, 
Isn't this the one where Ryu actually joins in, right? Yeah, yeah. He like basically, against, against Jody. Yeah, yeah. He, he, you know, against her advice, he just sort of dives into the race. It's ridiculous. Like, ah, yeah, he's just like, I'm going to do it. And I think it's because, you know, he's had that realisation earlier on that, uh, you know, he realises what he needs to do. He needs to stop uh, oversteering, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so he joins the race... And we see uh, Ryu, Jack, and Captain Falcon are competing for the lead out in front. Mm-hmm. And I've written down here, this is very important, this note, we see an actual boost pad yes. on, on the track. And that made me smile. Yeah. I was expecting them to just, it would just be like a car race, you know? Mm-hmm. But it does seem to abide by the actual logic, the actual you know, rules in the game of F-Zero. Was it this episode or was it episode three where um, they boost, they go into one of the boost pads on the corner and it sends them careening off the side? I think that was episode three, right? That's episode three. Yeah, yeah we'll get to that. That was a good moment. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we see another person actually crash from a boost pad though because I, as I remember it, well, not from a boost pad, but we see them actually boost for the first time. You know how in, yeah. in F-Zero you have your boost power and Jack attempts to boost over Captain Falcon mm. and Ryu coming off a jump. Yeah. But he crashes his, sh- his ship and Captain Falcon wins the race mm. with Ryu in a close second I've written down here. Yeah, that's what I've got as well. Pretty cool first race. I liked it. After the race... Jody uh, fucking we- slaps the bitch. Yeah, yeah. Jody does not like Jack doing Disab- that. Disab- uh, disobedient, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so what I thought was interesting here is that like we get a cool little character moment with Jack. Mm. There isn't a lot of moments where we kind of slow down and we get to see some like nice character moments, but yeah. this was one of them. Uh, Jack claims that, that he sabotaged the Dragon Birds mm. uh, Ryu ship. Mm. He's lying. We 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 later find out when uh, what's what's the name Jody visits him in hospital. Yeah. Uh, that uh, the ship that he supposedly took out of his ship was from the Astro Robin, which is Jack's ship. Yeah. So he basically, you know, Jody kind of figures that Jack said that he uh, sabotaged Ryu's ship to boost his confidence. So yeah. that's a nice little touch, mm. you know? Yeah, I, I I thought that when it when he first said, like, he sabotaged his ship, I was like, oh, shit, this Jack's a complete dickhead. Yeah. And then when yeah. it's revealed, no, he actually did that to pretend so Ryu thinks that, you know, he actually did better than yeah. he thinks. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was, was was pretty cool. Yeah, that was an unexpected little moment, and also I like that we see when uh, she when Jody visits Jack in hospital. Yeah, he's basically just covered in cute babes. <laughs> yeah, they're just all either side of him. Yeah, I've written down here in all caps: "Cute anime girl alert." <laughs> because not because of those girls in the hospital, although there is an abundance of cute anime babes in this episode. We cut back to Ryu where he meets. Lucy Liberty, which yep. is a new original character, and she says she's joining the Mobile Task Force, and yeah. that's the end of the episode. And I put here in brackets, guessing Ryu's new love interest, obviously. <laughs> yeah, do you think so? Yeah, it's gotta be. Like Maybe. I Maybe it, it would make sense for them to do that, you know, to invent another kind of character for him to, you know, have a thing with. Yeah, she's gonna be like the Agent 13 to Captain America. Do you think yeah, so? Yeah, it is Agent 13, right? Um, yeah, but hopefully, you know, this isn't like his his former like girlfriend's like granddaughter, like it isn't Captain America. Like I always thought that was fucking weird. Yeah, it is a bit strange. Yeah, yeah. hopefully not related. 
Yeah. So, impressions of episode two? I, I really like this one. I, I think, thought it was a good one. Yeah, I agree. I think it was definitely... Um, after they've established and set up the premise, like it's like, okay, mm-hmm. this actually feels like F-Zero, and that's the most important yeah. thing to me. Yeah, yeah, we're seeing the boost power, we're seeing uh, the boost pads, and yeah, this looks like F-Zero, it feels like F-Zero. Again, I think we get a little bit of Meat City in uh, some of the music, and we also get the uh, the you know the title song, the vocal theme is used in the race as well. I I always like when anime uses the vocal themes when something cool is happening. Mm-hmm. Like that's when you really know that shit's about to go down when the vocals kick in. Yeah, that was my favorite episode so far of the three. I think I mentioned that before, mm-hmm. but yeah, I enjoyed this one. It was cool. Anyway, yeah, next uh, lap, lap three. three. So yeah, lap three, we've got um, it's named Apprentice Trooper Lucy, and I was initially yeah. thinking, oh, please don't just be this annoying like sort of side character that annoys yeah. everyone, and initially she does. Yeah. Like she's introduced working uh, with the team, working with Doctor Clash, and I'm like, okay, she's actually established that she actually knows what she's doing. She's like a mechanic as well, pretty competent. Yeah, I think, and then it sort of, I've got here, then it just sort of cuts to we see Baba, the, the one yeah. of the established F Zero racers, uh-huh. is working with Zoda. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you thought of him when you saw him, if you recognised him straight away. I I sort of, rec- I rec- didn't recognise him, but I recognised his ship, and then I looked it up and I was like, oh yes, mm. he's in uh, he's in X, and I think he's in GX as yes, well. Yes, he is, yeah, and I, I had the initial thing as well, I looked at him and thought, oh, who's that? And then I looked up and thought, oh yeah, Baba, yeah, I recognised, like, because every time we introduce a new character in this anime, I'm like, right, is that, an, is that an established character or is that a new character? Yeah. And I, yeah. I, most of the time I'm pretty like rem- i remember pretty well when it, i see a new character yeah 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 um one, and what, what, one thing that i've written down here is like a pretty key part of the episode's premise is that we're on this new planet called cliffoto i think they said oh i missed that okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and a, you know important part of this episode's premise is that they're on this uh, new f-zero track on like a fiery planet it's well it's it's on a planet that is close to a sun yeah and so uh apparently this the weather is inconsistent and the sun can it can become unusually hot out of nowhere yeah it's sort of unpredictable and i've written down here basically like a british summer <laughs> uh that is what that's a pretty you know key part of the the premise going forward is that they kind of have to manage the heat of their ships yeah they have to make sure that they don't boost too much and overheat their ships and make their their cars explode, which mm. is again we're drawing upon stuff from the actual gameplay in F Zero. That's an actual thing. Yeah, yeah, the with the weather system. Well, yeah, and you also have to manage, you know, your boost power. Yeah. You don't if you if you you remember in F Zero, your uh, your boost power meter is the same as your health. Mm-hmm. So the more you boost, the more risky it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I thought that was kind of cool that they implemented that into the story. So you got this Baba, and he's like essentially spying on Ryu. And yeah. relaying uh, information back to Zoda. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. Um, then he sees the ship because Lucy, for some reason, decides to drive the ship because she's a fucking idiot. And I'm, it, it was at <laughs> this point where I was like, oh, she could be that annoying character that just fucks everything up. Yeah, yeah. But by the end of the episode, I think I'm pretty confident in that she's not going to be that. But yeah. initially in the episode, this episode, I was like, oh, I'm not really sure. I get why they did what they did. Like, Lucy basically takes the uh, the Dragonbird, yes. uh, Ryu's ship. She. 
you know, drives off with it. And, and the the idea, I think, is basically that she wants to impress the racers. Yeah. The, the only problem that I had is that she's supposed to be, like, this sort of lab analyst. And she's supposed to know the in and outs, the ins and outs of uh, this track. Mm. And, you know, the mechanical side of things. But she doesn't seem to quite understand the machine when she's driving it. Yeah, she seems like she's never driven before. Yeah, yeah, which is weird for someone who's supposed to be like a F-Zero mechanic or something. Yeah, this was the point where I was thinking, oh, is this character just going to be like really annoying and just get in the way of everything? Yeah. But um, then, so she's driving rounds, racing, and then Baba sees the the ship, which is obviously Ryu's ship, the Dragonbird, and he's like, oh, there he is, I'm going to race him, I'm not going to let him go past me. Mm -hmm. And then there's that moment of when he actually does see that it isn't uh, Ryu, and it's he's like, a woman? woman is driving that, I'm not going to let her beat me, or something like that, he says. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Fucking, uh, this guy, Baba, is a bit problematic. Yes, he he has a stick up his ass about women, apparently. Yeah, so that's, we don't like Baba. Baba is bad. And then Lucy just, like, she races him, and then she just boosts more and more and more, and just completely careens off the yeah. side. Like, yeah. Like, in the most spectacular way. Yeah, she basically, I think they were about to go around a corner, and she boosts at the wrong time. Yeah. And she comes off the track. I've written here, I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, one thing that I thought was interesting was, unlike in the F-Zero games, there's no, like, robot thing to catch her. That's true. Do you, do you remember in FC yeah, Road, there's yeah. like this, like a robot thing that sort of teleports you back onto the track. Mm-hmm. Um, but she straight up just fucking crashes into like a, like a kind of a, a barren sort of desert landscape. Yeah. And then Ryu somehow managed to get, get to her pretty quick considering yeah. how big this track is. He's like well, there in an instant. Yeah. Yeah. He steals Jack's ship I've written down here. Oh and, yeah, uh, you're right. He does. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he he goes after her and uh, recovers her from the crash. And uh, yeah, yeah, I guess at, at this point we we learn that Zoda is competing in the race. Mm-hmm. So then Jody comes in and does what she does best and scolds everyone and tells everyone <laughs> to stop being such a fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jody is written as kind of like a harsh character. Yeah. But I like that because yeah. you're right. She some of the no characters. Shit. Yeah, some of the characters are acting like fucking dumbasses. Yeah. And we see that she, we see later on in this episode, she does have a kind of side to her as well, mm. which kind of makes her more of a well-rounded character. And I like that. Yeah. Then uh, Lucy, Ryu, Doctor Clash start fixing the Dragon Bird. Yeah. Jody comes in, and they're all expecting, "Oh shit, Jody's gonna not be happy with us." And she's like, "You could do with an extra hand, right?" It's like, "Oh, yeah." Like they sort of made up. Yeah, she, yeah. Like, helps fix it. Yeah, yeah. One thing I've written down before that though, uh, just to. I don't want to forget to mention this because mm. I think this is a cool little touch that they added in here that you might not have picked up on. Mm. But there is a scene before this, before they fix the dragon bird, where everyone is having dinner. And I really thought this was a nice little touch is that everyone is eating at the dinner table except EAD because if you remember, he's an android. Ah, yes. I didn't notice that. I remember the dinner scene, but yeah, did not pick that up. But yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. So it's I wonder cons- if they actually going to um, elaborate on that later on then, like, that he is an android. Maybe, but I think, you know, that's kind of cool. It kind of... Him being an android at least sort of makes sense why he might be called Mr. EAD, which yes. sort of sounds like a robot. Yeah, he does, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's nice, I guess. It was just a small little sort of Star Warsy thing mm. that I thought was nice. Uh, and Anyway, yeah, as you say, uh, Jody shows up. She helps fix the dragon birds. Mm-hmm. Nice little character moment where everyone joins in and yeah. helps them fix it. There's a sort of a strange moment... Where 
Jody approaches Ryu, who's trying to fix the ship with Lucy and Dr. Clash. Mm. And she picks up like a bit of piping off a table. And there's a sort of a moment where everyone's like, Jody, don't. Like, what did they think? Oh, yeah, I do remember that. Like, as if they thought that she was going to whack him with it or something. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Yeah. Why did they think Jody was going to do that? Like, has she hit someone with a bit of pipe? She before? must She must be that much of a badass that she's probably done something like that in the past. Yeah, but this is a... Yeah, as we were saying, this is a little bit of a fake-out moment. And yeah. she she basically says, you know, if we all help out together, we'll fix it. We'll yeah. fix it better and quicker. And Yeah, that's a nice little character moment. And, and then they race Soda, like Ryu and Jack. Yeah, yeah, well, not before we get this cool little moment that I've written down here. And I thought this was, I think this is worth mentioning. It's a small thing, but it's a neat little thing to establish, you know, how bad of a villain Zoda is once again to, you know, reinforce that. Uh, we see Baba trying to fix Zoda's ship. It's not ready yet. There's a red light coming up on his ship. Oh, yeah. And Baba says to Zoda, oh, I need more parts to fix it. I'm, like, running low on parts, so I haven't been able to do it yet. And Zoda just pulls out a fucking gun and kills a robot that's standing near him. Oh, yeah, and he says, here's your parts. Yeah, yeah, that's a cool moment. Yeah, like, yeah. That, that to show his dominance of, like... Uh, yeah. If Okay, there you go. Yeah, Sort yeah. yourself out now. I've written down here, this was the part in which I realised that this is a lot like the pod racing from Star Wars. It is, actually, yeah. Because <laughs> if you remember in episode one, which is a terrible, terrible film that nobody should ever watch, but the pod racing is quite good. Hmm. There's, there's a whole bit in the pod racing, as I remember, where they're trying to sort of fix up Anakin's pod racer or something. Yeah. And, you know, you see him tinker, tinkering around. So I like these kind of little pit stop moments and, yeah. uh, you know, seeing the droids or whatever wandering around. That's mm. cool. Yeah, yeah. It's built the sort of the lore and the, just the, I guess, the yeah. environment itself. But yeah. Yeah, it adds a bit of substance. Yeah. So then we get to get into the race. So like you yep. say, uh, let's see. Is Baba in this race? I can't actually remember. Yes, Baba is in this race. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just about everyone. Yeah, including I think EAD might be in it. Just about everyone is in this race, including Doctor Stewart. Yeah, yeah. But Jodie notably is not. She's sort of on the sidelines. Yes. She's she's giving you know advice over like a intercom thing over like a walkie-talkie, and it, I guess maybe we'll see her like later race because yeah, she yeah. is an F. She is an established F zero racer. She's you know. We talked about that. She is. One note that I've written down here again: the FC, the Meat City music comes in. I, yeah, I think I remember that actually. Yeah, and I I was wondering how you feel about the F Zero, uh, the Meat City theme being used as sort of a general racing theme. Yes, I do remember hearing it and thinking, oh, it wasn't really the Mute City level though. So I was a yeah. bit like, eh, I'm not really sure that it was an appropriate moment to use it. Yeah, I have mixed feelings. On one hand, yeah, it isn't true to the show. But, you know, you know, they probably have a certain budget for music and yeah. licensing and that kind of thing. Yeah, if you watch anime, you notice in anime, they, they reuse the same music cues and just general yeah. sort of tunes over and over again. Yeah, and obviously an external company made this. They will have had to license each track from Nintendo. And Mute City is iconic enough, so I think overall I'm okay with them using sure. that as like a general uh, yeah, sort of racing theme. Yeah, because I don't theme. think it was a nece- I don't think it necessarily was like a, a particular track either from the from the games. No, so I don't um, think it would have had its own established theme on no. top of that. So yeah, uh, yeah. So unless there's anything else I'm missing, but I think most of the characters sort of fall behind, and it's a pretty much a sort of 
um, three-way neck and neck between Jack, Ryu, and Zoda, right? Yeah, and then um, sort of the the dynamic of this episode with the whole heat thing comes into play. Yes. And Jack's car overheats, and I've written down here, it, it fucking explodes. Yes. That's what I've put here as well. Like, Jack's car explodes. Like, uh, isn't, that, isn't Zoda, like, go through him or something, doesn't he? Well, I think he just... Dri- he was behind him, yeah. And when he, when he explodes, he just sort of drives through the explosion, yeah. And I've I've written down here. Notably, Jack is okay because he has a parachute. Yeah, <laughs> he, he like he like we don't see that. We, yeah, we don't see that in any of the games. Yeah. That's not a thing in any of the games. If your car blows up, it's presumed the character just sort of dies. Yeah, yeah. But that's a little thing that they've added in here, I guess, because they can't kill off Jack. He's a yeah. he's a, one of the main characters. And this is only the third episode. So yeah, he has a parachute, he's okay. I was gonna say, and then it's yeah, Ryu against uh against Zoda. Yeah, and yeah. Sort of like there's loads of flashbacks to the, the their original race back in twenty fifty one. Yeah. And is this the moment right when they go over the boost in the corner? Kind of, yeah. I've written down here that, that uh we learn that Lucy has made some adjustments to the dragon bird. Yes. Which, you know, she noticed that it was harder to control when driven at a certain speed. So those adjustments help Rio uh, win the race. Which I thought was a cool note because they have that in like GX where you can adjust the acceleration to the top speed and stuff like that and ah, the handling. So ah. I think that's a cool little tweak where it's like, oh, maybe he, maybe like Ryu isn't very good with, with top speed and he needs better handling or, you know, yeah, stuff like that's that. A, that's a little, uh, that's a nod that I didn't get myself yeah. that you can calibrate the ships and she says that she made just a little change and... Mm. Uh, that made it easier to control. That's really cool. I didn't notice that. Uh, and I also, I, I felt like by that point in the episode, it made, you know, they sort of reconciled the problem that I'd had with Lucy, that she was a little bit incompetent at yes. one point. It was sort of like, why is she there? Yeah, it, it made sense, you know, uh, to have someone in there. And it, it sort of, uh, you know, it justified her going through what she went through earlier. There was a kind of a point. There was a part at which her character developed and learned something from that experience. Yeah, which is like I was saying earlier, like the first half of the episode, I was like, okay, please don't tell me this is what she is like for the whole show. Yeah. And then, yeah, by the end of the episode, it's like, oh, she actually, she does something that helps the characters. She actually yeah. does something that's worthwhile. Yeah. So- and so we get the, the big moment of the episodes where Ryu knocks Zoda into mm-hmm. a boost pad. Yes. And he fucking careens off the course and He's crashes. Like sideways getting to the boost pad, isn't he? Yeah, it's really cool, this yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, I really like that. And uh, I've written down here that, uh, notably, I guess Ryu basically, he's more concerned with Zoda than winning the race, which is kind of stupid, but whatever. Yeah. And he pulls over. Yes. And we see that Dr. Stewart passes by Baba and yeah. wins. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, you know, he stopped them from getting the prize money or whatever. Mm. And then... Rio approaches the wreckage of Zoda's ship and straight up just fucking punts someone in the face. <laughs> yeah, I just it's just out of a big like proper fight on the sidelines, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zoda's ship is is in flames, and uh, yeah, Rio starts fighting him. We get a cool little uh, little fight sequence here where Zoda is you know jumping around and stuff, and I guess that's a part of his like his his enhancements that he has like. Better acrobatics or something. Yeah. I, I don't I'm know. well surprised though that neither had like a, a weapon on them. Like 
to yeah knowing that this might happen i guess but we we did see that zoda had one but also you got to remember that he probably just escaped his ship after it blew up yeah so maybe maybe he had his gun in the ship possibly i don't know then he escapes yeah. i actually forget how he escapes but i just put here then zoda escapes and <laughs> as, as i remember he does sort of a somersault or something over the over the car and disappears behind the fire yes that was it yeah we feel the smoke in that yeah he just sort of disappears yeah. into the distance and then yeah yeah I've, I've uh, noted he runs away like a like a little bitch, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that, that's more or less the episode. I've yeah. written down. And then after that, I think at the end of it, obviously you say Doctor Stewart won, and then Lucy is finally fully accepted into the team. Like she's, yeah, she's given yeah. like a, a like a, the arm pad, isn't she? Like a yeah, like we a, see we see Jodie inducting her yes into the mobile task force. Yeah, and that's that's more or less it, and yeah. that's and. Something I don't know if you remember this in the other episodes as well. They always tease something. What's going to happen in the next episode? Yeah. And yeah. did you see what the tease is for the next episode for lap four? I didn't watch the teaser, but I did see the title of the next episode mentioned Samurai Goro. Exactly. So he's. I just put here Samurai Goro is teased in lap four, and I'm like, oh yes, lap four. I really want to watch it, but I haven't yet because I okay. want to watch this in you know for the podcast in order. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna wait a little while. I'll wait until we decide to do the next episode. Yeah. And well, then I'll I'll like Straight away, like tonight, as much as I want to, but I want to have this yeah. fresh as possible in my mind. This is exciting, isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, I really wasn't expecting it to be the, this good. Yeah, like, and I, I think a lot when you see a lot of these sort of shows on video games, if it's a, a film or whatnot as well, they when they take um, like liberties and like do retcons and stuff, it's usually always like you, you sigh and you think, oh, why do they do that? But some yeah. of the things in this. Like just flesh out the F Zero as a as a story on its own. Yeah. But like uh, some of the not so much retcon. I guess retcons like with stuff with Zoda and Mute City. They just it makes sense in the context of this show, and I just I, I, agree. I really enjoy it. Yeah, I I totally agree with you there. The little artistic liberties feel justified. Yeah. And they make sense. Unlike in Sonic X, where they give like Sonic like a boyfriend. You know, <laughs> it's most of the time especially in sonic you've already got enough characters to work with we don't need mm-hmm. a human mm-hmm. and anyway i keep going back to sonic x for some reason but you know that is it's because uh, it's it's a clear example of how having an oc can work and don't doesn't work like yeah. this is this is the version of the anime where where it can work having an oc yeah and i'm trying to think if i've ever really enjoyed a video game anime as much as i am doing this one and i i did enjoy pokemon when i was younger and yeah. i still I still kind of casually enjoy the the first season or two. Yeah, the best thing about Pokemon, I'm going to go on a huge tangent here, but the best thing about yeah. Pokemon for me is like how just watching the characters explore the you know going through this huge adventure and finding new creatures and new Pokemon. As yes. a kid it was always interesting because before on the Game Boy you had these like terribly drawn pixel art of these characters yeah. then to see them actually in full motion on like a TV show was always really cool to me. Yeah. But uh, it's yeah. a similar sort of thing with his F-Zero, right? Because You've seen all these characters that have like you know sort of semi backstories in the games, but they're not really yeah. ever flashed it up that well. Like you say in like F Zero GX, they pretty much completely um, ruin Jodie Summer in a way, like making her a damsel in distress. Whereas in this show, they yeah. like make her a badass. Yeah, I, I I agree with you there. One thing that I want to you know really hammer home is that I really appreciate how faithful this is to the actual. Yeah. Uh, like it feels like it was written by people who played the games a lot. Oh yeah, underst- understand the mechanics, they understand the appeal and the characters, and the, you know the 
the allure of the world of F Zero. Uh, like, like, like you say, they have the heat function with the boost. Yeah. They have the boost pads. Like yeah, when you crash yeah. off the course, that's it. You're done. Like, and and also one thing that we shouldn't overlook is that pretty much all of the designs are very true to how they appear in the games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't know, in a lot of these kind of shows, they tend to tinker around with the designs yeah. to to make them more appealing to like a kid audience or whatever. Mm. But here. You know, they're pretty much spot on how they are. Black yeah. Shadow looks good. Captain Falcon looks good. They all look pretty much how they appear in the games. And you mentioned Captain Falcon. I think we spoke about this before we watched this. Like, oh, we'll be a bit unsure because we know Captain Falcon isn't the main protagonist. He's sort of like a... He's mentioned here and there. And I was like, uh, yeah. I kind of want a show just around Captain Falcon. But having watched these first three episodes and having Captain Falcon this, like, legend, this, like... Where he shows up every now and again, and when he does, he he wins the races and he scares off the criminals. Yeah, like yeah. he he beca- he actually feels more of like a an awesome character when he shows up. He actually like you know rather than seeing him every episode and just maybe being a bit goofy here and there or something you know that you could imagine them doing with him. Yeah, he's sort of he's sort of tactically underused in a way that gives him presence. Yes. And I really like that. Like he's, we we've compared him to Batman before, and I think that's a good comparison. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I really like that. I, I'm enjoying this so far more than I expected. I'm impressed, and I hope it uh, kind of sustains this momentum going forward. We've got another like 48 episodes to yes. get through, I think. Yeah, uh-huh. it's 51 title, yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, 60 more episodes of the show, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, you can. Mm-hmm sustain this momentum i'm interested to see where we go for like black shadow when he's going to come into it yep and i assume captain falcon will become a bigger part of it at some point but uh-huh. and it has a interesting kind of journey ahead of it i can see there's so many other characters that they can bring in that we've seen in like the intro that like they they are going to be there like samurai samurai goro uh, yeah, Pico, Pico, definitely um, like i'm still waiting on james mcleod so i'm sure he'll finish <laughs> up at some point yeah, maybe they'll just, like, have him, like, as one of the random sort of background characters. Mm. Maybe he'll just have a cameo. Yeah. You know, we ha- we've we had a bunch of uh, other ones show up, like Octoman, and he had, like, an unnamed cameo. Yeah, yeah. So maybe James McLeod will come up and then die like he does in Star Fox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I- I- I'm looking forward to, you know, potentially seeing some more of those characters. Maybe they'll, like, use them, like, red shirts in Star Trek. Where you'll right. see, oh, here's this, here's this obscure character. Oh, he's dead. Yeah, and it it's done to sort of like you know as an example to show you why something's dangerous or something. Yeah. Maybe they could be used that way. I I generally hate that shit to be honest. <laughs> you get you get this unnamed character appearing, like, well, he's clearly not surviving this episode. Yeah, but I kind of like here how they've set a precedent. They've got yes. uh, you know EAD, who's not a character I expect to be one of the main characters in an F Zero show. Uh-huh. But lo and behold, here he is. I, 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 the fact that you pointed out about the dinner scene was a really cool touch that I didn't notice, and I, now I'm going to be looking out for stuff like that. Like, um, yeah. are they going to actually build and establish him as an android, or is it just going to be maybe something that's in the background that's not really ever mentioned? I, I kind of hope that it isn't. Mm. You know, I, I, I like if I'd like if that is just a little background touch that they've added in there. It could, yeah, I like how it's a, it's paying attention to the bios that yeah. we're used to from the F Zero games. That's really nice. Or maybe like um, it'll be it'll do like an alien thing where like the show pretends that he's still a human and then he'll like get stabbed or something and then like you know a bunch of robot parts will come out what are we get? it's gonna be like fucking data from star trek or something oh, yeah 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 where, where, like where he's like st- struggling with his humanity or whatever <laughs> maybe not that yeah. far but yeah i'm looking forward to episode five ead's existential crisis <laughs> <laughs> all right so i think we'll just wrap it up there 
that was uh, the first episode of Falcon Punchcast. Mm-hmm. Give us a like on all the relevant platforms. Tell a friend if you liked it, yeah? Mm-hmm. And uh, don't forget that you can uh, subscribe on Patreon, if you know my Patreon, if you want to get future episodes early. It, you won't have to wait too long if you don't want to, uh, you know, support us. But that is a way you can support the show if you want to mm. and help me out because I have, I'll have i be editing this, basically. And, uh, you know, I do other work on there. I do videos that you can help out with. And, yeah, so I hope you enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned for more. We'll be back soon. I think we'll make this, like, maybe it's like a like a fortnightly thing. Yeah, I was going to say that, yeah, like every two weeks, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so sounds good. Mm-hmm. We'll see you then. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. It's time for a few Patreon backer shout-outs. If you'd like to support the show, get your name read out and, uh, you know, support the other work that I do, you can do so at patreon.com slash Robertson. So here we go, here are my top level backers. Abdullah Alsanea, Sly Gamer, Roy, Kurai, Ahmed Zainal, Stuart Radley, Don Koopman, Jake Jones, Shane Gale, Sentinator of Team Haruhi, Eski64, and Carl Coverdale. Thank you so much for backing and supporting us. We really appreciate it. We back soon with more, so stay tuned.